Welcome to the Wellness Plus Podcast, featuring interviews with health and wellness professionals empowering you to take control of your health and happiness. Feel better, look better, and live better today by subscribing right now for new episodes every week. The Wellness Plus Podcast is brought to you by wellnessplus.tv and made possible by the generous donations of Psyche Truth Patreon supporters. Now here's your host, Certified Holistic Health Coach, Karina Rachel. Hello and welcome to the Wellness Plus Podcast. I'm your host, Karina Rachel, and I'm joined today by Dr. Jeff Eccles. He's a doctor of chiropractic, specializing in applied kinesiology and applied clinical nutrition. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, I love it. It's good to be back. So there's a lot of skepticism around chiropractic care, and I'm hoping that today maybe we can just bust through some of the myths about chiropractic and help people understand how and why chiropractic can help them. Um, So what would you say is the biggest myth about chiropractic that you encounter? Well, there's a lot of them, and there's a lot of of, uh, misinformation about there uh, with chiropractic. But I think the one that I like to address with my patients is that chiropractic is just for back pain or neck pain. As a matter of fact, when when a patient comes to me, I, I ask them if they've ever been to a chiropractor. And actually, even if they have been to a chiropractor, I tell them about this because a lot of times chiropractors don't take the time to really explain to them what a chiropractor is. Mm-hmm. So they may have been going to the chiropractor for 20 years and not fully understand what chiropractic does. Mm-hmm. And that point got really driven home to me one day when I was talking with a lady who had been a chiropractic patient for years. And I mentioned something about how we had helped this lady with headaches. And she looked at me very sincerely and says, oh, chiropractic can help with headaches? I didn't know that. And she'd been going to the chiropractor for 20 years. So now when I have a patient, I don't, you know, I I usually go ahead and tell them what a chiropractor is you know, even if they've been coming a while, because mm-hmm. the doctor that they may have been going to may have not really educated them very well about what it is. So I think the biggest myth, if you want to know about about chiropractic, is that it's just for back and neck pain. It's uh, it's actually for a lot more than that, but, but we kind of get pigeonholed into that because it works great for back and neck pain. <laughs> that's, that's one of the reasons, you know, people... When they have their back, they think going to the chiropractor. They think um, doing mm-hmm. that. But um, I have a little sheet at my office that shows uh, a young lady, and you can see the spine there. And this something like this sheet comes directly out of Grey's Anatomy, which is not the TV show. It's the it's the book that all chiropractors use to graduate from school, as well as all medical doctors. It's the mm. the leading anatomy book that there is. It's been around forever. So Gray's Anatomy is there's a chart in there that shows the relationships between uh, the spine and the and spinal misalignment mm. and where those nerves go, what organs they go to, and what potential side effects or symptoms could be a result of the misalignment. Wow! And there's a lot of them in there. Everything from headaches to hemorrhoids and everything in between can go wrong when the spine is out of alignment. So you actually kind of have the spine as the, um, like, highway of the nervous system. Well, it actually it, it actually is. That's Your brain, you know, controls everything in your body. The, the nervous system is what we call the master control system. It controls 
your respiratory system. It controls your circulatory system. It controls your endocrine system. It controls your li- it controls everything. You, you know, so the brain is basically the the spinal cord is just if you've never thought about it, it's really just an extension of the brain. Mm. It's like the brain is just really like growing down through your spinal cord, really, if you think about it. And and then it branches off into tendrils, and all those nerves go into junction boxes, and then millions of nerves come out of that. So there's no single cell in your organ that isn't innervated by nerves, wow. right? They all go, they all do that. So since this uh, spinal cord goes down through the through the through the vertebra themselves, people can oftentimes get misalignments in the spine, and we can go into that a little bit later about why that happens, but. Uh, the, the spine can misalign and it can start to cause pressure that builds up in there. And mm. anybody who's had a backache knows what that feels like. Uh, however, you don't really have to have pain in your back to have problems. And this is something people don't realize. Only about 10% of your nervous system even has the capacity to feel pain. Wow. The other 90% is just carrying out business as usual, relaying one signal from the other, or Mm -hmm. may detect heat or pressure or do other things. So you can have all kinds of problems in your back without even having any pain to let you know that you have problems in your back. Wow. Yeah. It just made one of the organs may work. Mm -hmm. So uh, I go through this chart with them, and I show them that, look, these nerves go to your eyeballs, as a matter of fact, I had a patient who was blind in one eye and actually got his eyesight restored with just a chiropractic adjustment. Wow. Because if you stop to think about it, your, 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 your eyesight is so dependent upon the nerves that come from your eye to go to your brain. Mm-hmm. What if there's some sort of interference there? Wow. The signal, even though the eye may be functioning properly, is not going to get to where it goes. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And I kind of keep coming back to that like super highway analogy. Super highway, yeah. So if you've got a big, you know, traffic jam or maybe a semi, you know, that gets turned and it's blocking the whole entire road. Exactly. Well, there's no signal that's going to get through. There's no signal. And you know, this this is a little bit of an oversimplification in how things work. Uh, it's much more complicated than that, but I think it's a real good thing that the average person can wrap their heads around mm-hmm. and, and get the idea mm-hmm. that, oh, yeah, if the signal's not going to get to where it was, how could that organ possibly work? Wow. We'd like to briefly interrupt this interview to remind you that this podcast was made possible by listeners just like you. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash psychetruth where you can watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to over 500 videos of exclusive content, including premium courses and behind-the-scenes peaks. Help us keep this information free by visiting patreon.com slash psychetruth. That's patreon.com slash p-s-y-c-h-e-t-r-u-t-h. Very interesting. So, you know, another kind of um, skepticism or myth that I hear, you know, a lot of people talk about is, oh, well, you know, if chiropractic worked, then why do I have to keep going back? You know, Mm -hmm. why does the pain come back, you know, even after I've gotten an adjustment or even after I've gotten several adjustments? Mm -hmm. Um, Can you maybe explain a little bit why, why does the pain come back even after you see the chiropractor? Well, there's about as many different reasons as there are people. Okay. (laughs) Sometimes 
that problem has been in this person's spine for maybe 20 years. Mm. However, their symptoms might have started yesterday. Let me give you an example. I can remember many, many patients who've come in and I'm taking their history and I'm talking to them about what happened. And I say, okay, uh, John, um, you know, when did this, when did this pain start? And he goes, oh, it, it started yesterday. I'm like, okay. I go, what happened? He goes, well, I was just sitting at the dinner table and I bent over to pick up a spoon and my back went out. Mm. I'm like, oh, okay. So you've never had any back pain before this? He goes, no, none, none. Never has bothered me in my whole life. So we go in and we take a few x-rays of him and oh my God, this guy's discs have degenerated. He's got big, long arthritic spurs hanging off of his spine, every vertebra in it is completely out of position. It's a mess, but yet he's never had a symptom to let him know that any of that was going on. You see? So when he tells me his back pain start, his back pain started yesterday, he wasn't lying. His back pain actually did start yesterday, but the problems started 20, 30 years ago could have been. So if I give somebody an adjustment like that, and they've got their spine is in that rough a shape. It mm-hmm. it may not clear it in one or two visits. It may take some time to to try to undo some of the damage that's been done over the years. Yeah, you know another thing that I think about. Um, you know, we've done a lot of videos um, on Psyche Truth about you know posture and repetitive motions and things like that. And so I've started to kind of just try to be more cognizant of my posture mm-hmm. and, and the repetitive things that I do. You know, okay. like I'm right-handed, so I tend to always be kind of like hunched over on one side or whatever. So I think about that as well. You know, when people leave the chiropractic office, what do they do? They drive home. They go home, and more than likely, they're going to continue those same repetitive activities that, they, mm-hmm. that they're always doing. They're mm-hmm. laying on the couch. They're probably not sitting with the best posture. You know, so do you think that those just repetitive movements and postures maybe are another reason that the back can actually maybe even come back out of alignment even after they're adjusted? You know, I think there's, there's definitely a relationship there, but I don't think it's as big as what most people think. And here's the reason I think that. Uh, oftentimes we see parents telling little Johnny to sit up straight. Mm -hmm. Well, the reason little Johnny doesn't sit up straight is because it hurts Mm -hmm. to sit up straight. Little Johnny slumped because if he was to try to sit up like we normally think of good posture, he could only do that for a couple of minutes, and then his back would hurt or get tired, and he couldn't do it, and Mm -hmm. he'd go back to slumping again, okay? So I have found that once the spine has been restored and put back into the proper alignment, then the posture naturally takes on mm. on that. It's And little Johnny is sitting up straight, but he doesn't even know he's sitting up straight now. Right. And I've had people many times throughout the years uh, say, Dr. Eccles, you know, uh, since you've been working on me, my coworkers have been coming up to me and saying, you sure are walking a lot straighter and standing up a lot taller than you were. Why are you, you know, why are you doing that? He's completely unaware of it. Hmm. It's just that his his frame has been changed. Mm-hmm. His whole structure has been changed. And he, so he's naturally holding that. If you've got a crooked spine and you're trying to fix it by holding a a, nor, a straight posture, it's not going to work. Mm. You're going to, it's going to hurt and you're right. going to be, and you're going to just go back to slumping again. However, if you change the spine and you fix it and you start to get it moving better, the, the posture naturally starts to, wow. to do better. Definitely. And then it's kind of the, 
chain of events that come from that as the posture improves suddenly the muscles of the back of the neck or whatever everything can kind of just start coming into balance a little bit more um you know, one of the things that you've you've talked about before is the forward head posture. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little about that? Because I know that this is such a common problem. Yes. Um, especially the more we're we're sucked into our phones yeah. and our TVs and everything. Right. Um, and why that is so damaging, not only to the upper spine, but what effects that might even have on somebody's low back pain or something. Yeah, well, that is a big problem. And matter of fact, I I had a new patient just the other day who had a, a really bad forward head posture. And what we're talking about there is the fact that when you look at a, a person from the side, they should have a curvature in their spine so that their head is kind of curved back this way. And the head is resting over the shoulders. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, through whatever reason, a lot of people's head goes forward like this. Mm-hmm. And you can look at people, if you just take a, a, a look at them, you can look at them from the side. And if you see their head way out in front and their neck is just straight going that way, you know they've got that. Yeah. Now, your head weighs about 15 pounds. And I always tell my patients, if you've ever been bowling and you tried to hold a 15-pound bowling ball out here, all these muscles are going to have to do this just to hold that hold that up but if you put it right here you can just sit here and hold it all day because it's just resting right there Mm. so that's the same thing that happens with the head once it gets way out front these muscles have got to contract to hold the head up otherwise it would just fall over Mm. and that's why these muscles go into spasm all the time and people are always running out to the massage to get a massage because their neck's so tight, mm-hmm. and then... And this right here. Oh, oh it's shoulder. killing oh. me in my shoulders. All right, yeah. And sometimes that gives them headaches and those kind of things. And and it feels good for a while, but since they didn't actually correct the, the cause of the problem, which is the spine being so far out of alignment, within a few days or a week, the mm. uh, or sometimes even less, it's back, to, it's back to hurting again. Right. So we have ways of trying to... Uh, restore the normal function and get the head pulled back a little bit and balanced more over that. This poor lady was has been having headaches for years and years and years and migraines and tension headaches and sinus headaches. Mm. All of those can come from misalignments in the neck. Wow. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, um, because we all kind of start out roughly in the same place as kids you know, we've got probably a similar amount of, um, you know, uh, flexibility and all of these different kinds of things. But then can you just maybe walk through the life cycle? Like, how do Mm -hmm. we get to that point Mm -hmm. where we have chronic back pain, maybe that forward head posture? um, and, And, you know, like, how do we go? And then we can look at other people that are, they say, super mobile, and they have great posture and all of this. Like, what, what's the difference? <laughs> what can, and maybe more importantly, what can we do to not become that person with right. the chronic back pain and yeah. the dowager's hump and those different okay. things? Well, that's a great question. Uh, and we actually can start from birth. You know, uh, some babies have got a lot easier birth than other babies. Some babies, they used forceps on the baby and they mm. grabbed the head and they twisted it and turned it and pulled it. And 
uh, or the baby's missed position in there and they've got to do some pretty drastic things to get the baby out, that can cause spinal damage. Mm. It can cause problems from the very beginning. So some of us weren't, and, and we won't know. I mean, right. unless we ask mama and she may not even know, you know, so right. we really don't know uh, about that. So that can be one of the first things that happens. And then after that, uh, and OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, came up with some numbers, and I can't remember them right now, but it was literally thousands of insults to your spine before you're 12 years old. Wow. I mean, think about it. You're walking and you're banging into things. And one of the things that came comes to my mind is when my son was learning to ride the bicycle, you know, how the daddy pushes him and he takes off and he heads straight for the mailbox and doesn't turn oh. and he just smashes right into the mailbox. Okay, that's got to hurt. I mean, that's got to, you know, cause some insult to our spine. So, yeah. uh, and we have hundreds, if not thousands of these insults to our spine as we grow uh, older. Mm -hmm. uh, I used to use, and I occasionally still do, the, the analogy of if you're planting a little sapling tree, it would be a good idea to stake the tree down so that it has a chance to grow straight. Mm. If you don't do that, uh, in my neighborhood, a deer can come by and rub his antlers on it, or a dog can come over there and mess with it, or the wind can blow, or all these different things can happen, right. and the tree can start to lean over, and, and it, then it'll start growing crooked to trying to get back to straight, and all these problems start arising. Mm -hmm. Whereas if the tree were uh, staked down in the beginning and allowed to grow straight, it would be a big, beautiful, healthy tree as it got older. Mm -hmm. And that's why we recommend children. I, I adjusted my kids immediately after they were born and then throughout their lifetime. Why not try to keep their little spines healthy and mm. growing strong and healthy, uh, you know, from the very beginning rather than have them, uh, you know, if they get something out of line, then they got to compensate for that. And then that compensates for that. And then by the time they're in their 20s or 30s, now they've got problems. Mm -hmm. And you can't just erase those 20 years, all the damage that's been done. Right. So it makes a lot of sense to keep your kids, you know, get them checked out. You know, yeah. a lot of people think, oh, those kids don't have any bad problem. Why should they go to the chiropractor? Well, I just told you why. That's yeah. why uh, they take these kids and they straighten their teeth when they're little so that when they get big, they'll have beautiful, straight teeth. It's mm -hmm. the same thing. Keep those spines healthy and a normal and alignment while they're growing up, and they're going to have a lot healthier, more fl flexibility, more mobility, healthier nervous systems, not so much interference and that kind of thing. Wow. So it, It's a lot to think about. <laughs> yeah, huh? it is. Yeah. It is. Um, you know, so back onto that, you know, kind of, topic of like recurring visits to the chiropractor, mm -hmm. you know, and like why we would want to keep going back on a regular basis. Right. Um, can you maybe like... Well, yeah. So if a guy comes in and his pelvis looks like this, I mean, it's really crooked, you're not going to adjust that pelvis. It's just like if a guy, if a lady came in with crooked teeth, there's no way the guy's going to hammer her teeth back into the right place and she won't have to go anymore. That just right. doesn't... Well, bones are like that. Bones are... Those are... They're hooked into the bones, the mm -hmm. teeth. So... That's kind of the same way. You're not going to just hammer the bones out in a visit and get them straightened out. And a lot of times people have a misunderstanding. This is another myth that people have about chiropractic is that the doctor moves the bones a whole lot and it just completely goes right back into the normal position. And then since it comes back in a couple of days, oh, it went back out of place. And now it's hurting again. I don't think that's a real good analogy for what happens or a representation. I like the... 
I like the model of the teeth better. Over time, you're going to move those teeth back to a, a more healthy position and mm. get them a nice, healthy smile at that point. Right. And then once that happens, you maintain it you, with your retainer. You put your retainer on. Exactly. And I've had my patients go, yeah, you know, I, I, I went through three years of braces and then I just was done and I didn't wear my retainer. And within a year, they went completely back to the way they were. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sorry I, you um, didn't. <laughs> I, I, so I stopped wearing my retainers because while I would, when I would wear them at night, I would end up having these crazy dreams yeah. about like my teeth falling out. Yeah. I would have just a lot, like not just once or twice. It was a lot. And I yeah. still have them even years after I wore the retainers. Um, but, you know, just that. That was enough. Yeah, that was, that was enough. And of course, like my teeth have now kind of like gone back gone crooked back. again on the bottom. And I yeah. think, you know, I would, you know, I wish they were fixed, but God, those retainers hurt so badly. So it's kind mm-hmm. of a testament to, you know, you can't do too much too fast. You can't. You know, and so the same yeah. way you wouldn't go into the dentist office and expect them to, like, straighten, straighten, your, teeth your, straighten your teeth in one visit. Exactly. You know, this is like over the course of a long period of time that you do it, and then you maintain it even afterwards, and yeah. if you don't, you know, the body's going to go back into those different That's right. And, and, you know, I don't want to give the impression that every time you go to the chiropractor, it's it takes all this length of time. I've had people that have come one time and got completely over whatever their problem mm-hmm. was. Now, they could have gone on to continue if they would have wanted to and still reaped a lot of benefits from from chiropractic. But but in their mind, the, their problem was gone and never came back. So that does happen, and it's not uncommon that it happens. I hear stories like that all the time. Matter of fact, I hate hearing stories like that because <laughs> now they expect me to get them done uh, well in just one visit because right. they, they'll say, oh, yeah, 20 years ago I couldn't walk, and then uh, I went into the chiropractor and I walked out and I've never had a problem since. And they, now they expect that to happen again. Mm. Well, it may or it may not. Right. But uh, it's not typically the way things work. Right. Yeah. But it's an interesting kind of, you know, the the body is a mystery, largely. You know, what's going on inside our bodies? Yeah. We don't really have a lot of knowledge. No. Um, granted, we have the those pain responses, you know, kind of being the alarm system when something's really going wrong. Mm-hmm. But as you mentioned, a lot of times you may have a problem manifesting for a pretty substantial amount of time, maybe your whole life. And it's just maybe not up until recently that you start actually feeling the pain. Right. Um, And I remember you saying that only about 10% of our nervous system even has the receptors for pain. Right. So you can kind of get an idea of like, (laughs) you know, there's 90% of your nervous system that we really don't have an indicator of of how well it's working or not until we have one of those symptoms like headaches or... Um, you know, can you maybe address some of the other things that you've been able to help? You know, so you talked about that it's not just back and neck pain. <laughs> no. Um, some of the other no. issues that you've been able to address with chiropractic. Well, uh, you know, a lot of times we, I address problems that I don't even know exist. Mm. Uh, I had a, a lady come in not too long ago, and I've had several ladies who, were, who couldn't conceive. They, mm. they were infertile. And they'd literally spent hundreds of thousands of dollars at fertility clinics. And, and I found out that there was some misalignments in their lower back. 
the nerves that come out of the lower back go to the ovaries, the uterus, the fallopian tubes, and all of the female organs. Mm -hmm. And when we made some corrections in there and we freed up that interference, we got rid of that interference, they were pregnant in no time. Wow. And I, I just had a lady who hadn't had a period. She was in her 20s. She hadn't had a period in a year. And right after we adjusted her, she got her flow back normal. Wow. And I said, I sure hope you're not upset about that. But that's <laughs> not my fault. I didn't design the body. That's just the way it, I'm restoring it to the way it's supposed to work. <laughs> and luckily, she was grateful about that because she couldn't conceive if she wasn't having yeah. a period. So, and all of the different like, yeah. emotional and hormone things that would come if you were exactly. like, not able to have your monthly cycle. Exactly. And, yeah. Wow. So, so uh, all kinds of things like that. I, t- I mentioned the guy that got his... Uh, did I mention about the guy that got his eyesight restored? Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. he got, he was blind in one eye and got his eyesight restored. The, the, the signal just wasn't getting to the brain. So did he come to you he, before no, the blindness? No, he or? did not. He related the story to me. He says, oh, I believe in chiropractic. I was blind in this eye and, and a chiropractor adjusted me and I got my vision back. Wow. The first chiropractic adjustment is, uh, was restored a man's hearing. Yeah, and that was before chiropractic even was born yet. It was that was kind of like what what got it started. We were like, how did that happen? And then that led to the science and discovery of how the nervous system controls all of these things. And wow. interference to it is not a good thing. Wow. So people started getting over all kinds of different problems. Uh, initially, chiropractic wasn't for back pain at all. It was mm-hmm. it, people were getting well from all kinds of disorders because their nervous system was being relieved of a lot of burdens. And those burdens were interfering with the normal function of the body. Wow. So people's, and, and you know, when a, it's interesting, if you look at the anatomy, when a, when a nerve comes out of the spine, people have all seen the spine and they've seen the nerve coming out, it actually branches there. And half of the nerve goes to the muscles, the other half goes to the organs. So when you have a misalignment in your spine and it's causing muscular weakness or pain, it's also affecting the organ, but you just don't realize it, you wow. know? So uh, that's why, again, we say optimal spine is equal to optimal health because mm-hmm. when you're not getting any interference there, the organs are functioning better, the muscles are functioning better. So that feels like it's kind of dovetailing into... Applied kinesiology or pain yeah, referral, like I, the connection between the organ and the muscles? Yes, and I, I came into uh, AK, applied kinesiology, kind of late in life. I was very resistant. I've known about it my whole career. As a matter of fact, when I was in school, I took a little, a few little courses on it, or I started to, but I was more interested in windsurfing, out, to be honest with you at the time. <laughs> and this was on Saturday, and I'd gone to school all week, and I wasn't going back to class on Saturday. I was going to be windsurfing or fishing or something. So I was exposed to it there. But uh, I met a, a, a man um, who was, who's turned out to be my mentor. And uh, I, I w- when I got sick or had a problem or didn't know what was wrong, I would go to him. and We would use applied, applied kinesiology to, to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Applied kinesiology is a wonderful diagnostic tool. It's the way we get into the body and we use muscle testing to figure out what is wrong. And this, I'm telling you what, I just love going to work every day. (laughs) It is absolutely amazing because we're able to actually locate problems. Mm. I had a guy fly in from from Dallas-Fort Worth the other day, 
and he had a shoulder problem, and he could hardly move his shoulder. If you were to go to, you know, the traditional route for this, they would want to x-ray your shoulder. Uh, If nothing showed up, they would probably want to do an MRI of your shoulder. If that didn't work, they would probably want to do some injections into your shoulder, Mm -hmm. and they would probably put you on pain pills and muscle. Everything would be related to the shoulder because that's where it hurt, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It turns out using applied kinesiology, I found out that the problem was in his lower back. And I adjusted his lower back, and he goes, my shoulder pain's gone immediately. So most people don't realize it, but where it hurts, that does not mean that's where the problem is. Mm. And if anybody's watched any of my YouTube videos before, they know that I have this little dog. His name's Yoda. He's a little dachshund. and And I laugh, and I kid around, and I say, if I accidentally step on Yoda's tail... It's the other end of him that barks. Mm -hmm. And so the barking may be going on in a certain part of your body. In other words, the pain may be going on there. But it could be the whole other end of you that's giving you trouble. So I find problems all the time in people's feet that are causing their neck pain or their back that's causing their shoulder. A lot of times their shoulders hurt and it's their neck. I I had a patient just like that just yesterday. They were complaining of shoulder pain. It wasn't their shoulder, but it hurt in their shoulder. It was their neck. So we can't go by where it hurts. And applied kinesiology, in my opinion, it's unsurpassed in helping us figure out where the problems are. And not only could it be just somewhere in the body, it could be a chemical problem. Mm. It could be that the person has got, you know, a vitamin deficiency or a food allergy that's causing these problems. And in certain instances, it can even be emotional travail that's causing these issues. Mm. And we have ways of addressing all three of those branches and helping give relief to the person. So it's, it's just amazing. Wow. Can you maybe explain a little bit more about either the, how, you know, applied kinesiology was discovered or, you know, you kind of talked a little bit about, you know, the nerves that come, um, you know, out of the spine split between a muscle and an organ, Mm -hmm. is that kind of the, you know, the way that you're able to test a muscle? And then, because I know I've, you know, you've worked on me sometimes and you'll be doing muscle testing and you'll say, oh, I think your, your gallbladder is, Mm -hmm. is, is, you know, not functioning optimally. Can you like maybe explain a little bit? Probably not very well. Uh, I'm standing on the shoulders of 60 years uh, of of researchers before me. Mm -hmm. And if uh, AK would have never happened if it was me trying to discover it, I I would have (laughs) never been smart enough to do it. But I've luckily through a lot of patience and good teaching, I've been able to uh, at least get good results with what I do. Mm -hmm. But we, there's a, what we call a, a, a viscerosomatic reflex, which means that organ and this is this is not just AK this is well known in the medical literature that you know if you're uh, having a problem in an organ it's going to refer pain to a certain area of your in your muscles very commonly gallbladder problems can cause neck pain or and that's that's well known it's not mm-hmm. just applied kinesiology but AK uses those well known pathways to help us diagnose things and muscles, when they're weak, they correspond to certain organs that, that we'll know to check. Mm-hmm. 
So we have different ways of, of accessing that information and figuring it out. And wow. when we find out that it's the organ, we want to know, well, well, what's wrong with the organ? Is it that, that it's just nutritionally not getting what it needs? Mm-hmm. Is there some sort of heavy metal toxicity involved with it? Is there an infection in it? So we have ways of determining all of those different things with wow. the AK. And so we actually get to what's causing the root cause of the problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you actually have... Um, a variety of standard process supplements that you can even, uh, you know, use the applied kinesiology to help determine what it is the person needs. Exactly. And I, I don't just use standard process. We use a whole bunch of stuff, but I, I use that primarily. And I may be finding out, let's say that if we find out you've got a liver, your liver's just not, you know, doing great, needs a little help. Too much boozing. Too much something, right? <laughs> so for after we find out that it may need some nutritional help, I may have five different different supplements that would be uh, probably helpful. So we can test to find out which one of those is going to be helpful. Sometimes I'll, I'll think, oh, it's going to be this one, and I pick it, and it's like it doesn't help at all hmm. through the testing. And then we, we pick something else, and boom, it's go strong, everything's working great. And that way we have a lot better chance of being successful. You know, I'm just as guilty as everybody, but we see things on TV all the time. Oh, this is, you need this to be healthy. And people go, oh yeah, I need that. Whatever that supplement is, I need that. So they order a bunch of this stuff, not really knowing whether it's going to help them or mm. whether it's even indicated, but they, they feel like it would. And kind of the advantage of being in the office and being able to check these different things is we can tell right away whether this has got a pretty good chance of helping you or not. Right. Very interesting. Yeah, it's fun. (laughs) You know, using the applied kinesiology, you're getting like a a look inside the body. (laughs) You know, how can we actually, you know, do something to figure out what's going on internally? Um, you know, getting back to some of the kind of myths or skepticisms around chiropractic, um, you know, I've seen a lot of people say things like, oh, I would never go to a chiropractor. I don't want somebody to break my neck or accidentally right. break my neck or something. Right. You know, is that a realistic concern to have that, you know, somebody's going to break your neck at the chiropractor? Um, no, not, no, <laughs> I don't think so. Um, when you, when you look back at how they used to hang people, kind of a, not a great topic, but you ask. Um, you know, they would they would put like a hundred pounds of sand around their feet. It didn't like like in the movies where they just hung them. They would normally put about a hundred or more pounds of sand around their feet, and then they would drop them like six or seven, eight, ten feet mm-hmm. to drop, so that there was this tremendous force that broke broke the person's neck, and they would be done. But with chiropractic care, we're not using anywhere near that kind of force. We're just using a very light little bit of a force there. Mm. Now, from years of doing this, what people sometimes object to is they often hear a little click. You know, Mm -hmm. like if you pop your fingers. And sometimes just popping your fingers bugs people, you know. (laughs) But I can't help that. (laughs) That's what what you actually need to get better. So... um, uh, it's a very light amount of force that's used. And sometimes these vertebra, if they get misaligned, they can kind of get locked into place, mm. out of position, you know. And when that happens, there's a lot of um, abnormal forces on the on the bones. And there's a physiological law called Wolf's Law 
that says that bone is going to be laid down in the lines of force that, that go. That's how bones regrow and, and heal. When you put pressure on bones, it lays more bone material down along the lines of force. And that's why you wear a big cast. Well, yeah, and that's why when you, when you lift weights, your bones get denser because you're yeah. putting more force on that, okay? So when a vertebra is out of position uh, and you're putting abnormal forces on it, it's going to start growing spurs on there, mm. uh, and that's what we typically call spondylosis or arthritis is what most people know it as. So the joint gets inflamed and it gets tender. So... There's no way to fix that. I mean, drugs are going to sometimes mask that pain. But the only way to to, to even hope of correcting it is to get the spine back into the normal alignment. And once that happens, it takes all that force and that pressure off of the spine. And it can start, the inflammation can start to come down and it can come out. Now, some people have done this for so long that it's permanent. It's going to be permanent. And you asked me the other day, why do some people say they have to keep going by? That's why. They've done so much damage, it's permanent. You know, mm. So like some people, their hearts are so damaged, they have to have a pacemaker. It's permanent. They're never going to be better. Mm. So these people may have to be getting adjusted on a, on a real permanent basis because they've already done just too much damage to the spine. Wow. But, um, you know, I, I kind of explained to people that, if it's like a tire on your car. If you if it gets out of alignment, it's going to start. It's ab, it's not supposed to go down the road that way. It, right. There's too much pressure on the tire, and it'll start wearing the tire out. And you'll see the tire getting bald on the sides. Right? Mm-hmm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing with a spine. If it's crooked, it's gonna. It wasn't bit meant to be that way. So it'll start to degenerate into wear into good arthritic changes, and that's where chiropractic can really come in. And uh, unfortunately, most people come in after it's about 80% broken Mm -hmm. because that's when they start getting their symptoms. Wow. And that's what I'm harping on my patients about. Get your kids into chiropractic. Don't wait till they're 80% broken. Right. You know? Uh, This shouldn't be that foreign of a concept if you put it into terms like heart disease. You know, a lot of, you know what the first sign of heart disease in 50% of the cases is? A heart attack. A death. Death. Death is the first symptom that people get in wow. about about half the cases. So not very not very good warning signs. Not there's not no good disease. warning signs. I mean, uh, I've had some friends who said, "Yeah, I just got a little chest pain, and I went into the doctor, and I had five arteries blocked, including the widowmaker. I was just about dead, and they never knew. They never even knew they had a problem. Mm. So it's not that much of a stretch to think, hey, man, my spine could probably be having problems and I might never know it until it was pretty far down right. the road, you know. So it's that way with heart disease. It's that way a lot of times with diabetes. You yeah. know, we just don't really know until like, oh, my God, your blood sugar's 700. Right. You know, <laughs> if we'd have known about it when it was 150 or 200, we might could have, you know, helped you. But right. now, you know, you've you've got full-blown diabetes and We've got problems. So uh, that old expression, a a stitch in time saves nine, is really helpful when it's coming with your health. And we always encourage our patients, don't don't rely on your body's uh, how it feels to tell you whether you're healthy or not. It lies. It lies to you. It wants to make sure you're not in pain. It wants to make sure that you're doing good. But uh, it's, that's why being proactive and being preventative and wellness is such a great mm-hmm. 
a, a great thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't just do the wrong things up until the times your body breaks and then try to go back and yeah. make up for it. It's, right. <laughs> it doesn't Right, work. or going back to the, you know, mm-hmm. analogy of the dentist that, like, yeah. you go to the dentist every six months, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and, and you're you know, not like, well, wait, what? the dentist just cleaned my teeth. Why yeah. do I have to go back to the dentist? Exactly. I know what happens when I don't go to the dentist. My, I have a bad visit. Uh, you know, they, it's, it's terrible. My gums will bleed and I'll just have, and they'll go, you haven't been flossing, have you? I'm like, no. So it's like, so after my last really bad visit, I decided this is not worth it. I'm going to be flossing my teeth and doing the things, even though they're, I don't have, you know, I don't need a root canal or anything. I I don't want one. Right. Right. So I'm going to do the things I need to do to keep them healthy. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's important to know because you know, when we're younger, we just feel like we're 10 foot tall and bulletproof. And I'm not having any problems. And they're basing that on just how they feel, right. which is just a terrible, terrible way. We've all heard about guys who were supposedly the epitome of health and, you know, they don't smoke and they don't drink and they run all the time. And then they have a heart attack and they, they may kill yeah. over dead. And like, how did that happen? Yeah. You know, it's, it doesn't uh, always go with just how you feel. Right. And, you know, like you were mentioning earlier that, you know, chiropractic is not just for back and neck pain. Right. So you can also take an assessment of, you know, those other what we might call like wellness factors, Mm -hmm. you know. What is your sleep like? Right. What is your energy like? Exactly. You know, and after a night of sleep, do you wake up feeling rested or not? Because right. if you don't, then like that's an indication that it something is. And is those are questions wrong. I ask every one of my new patients. How right. is your sleep? We're finding out that sleep is way more important than we thought it was. Right. And people will brag to you about how little they sleep. Yeah. That's oh a very yeah. I only thing. need I only need about four hours sleep, and I've been doing that for twenty years. You're not getting away with it. I mean, you're. It, yeah. it, it's it's not good. It's not mm-hmm. good for your heart. It's not good for your mental, emotional health. It's not good. We need that kind of sleep. Mm-hmm. And we're we're right now we're discovering how it, the sleep's playing a lot bigger part, role uh, than we thought it did. Mm-hmm. You know, and also about circadian rhythms and you know people that poor people that work the night shift, how hard that is oh, on yeah. them, and those kind of things. Our bodies were meant to be you know, working when it's daytime. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Our hormones are all set up that way. Everything is. So it's so hard for people. And then we ask them about their energy levels, which can can relate to adrenal health. Mm -hmm. And adrenal health can be directly related to how much stress that you're under, uh, what kind of foods you're eating. You know, people that are eating a lot of trash foods and junk foods and high Mm. carbohydrate foods, their adrenals are not going to function properly. They're going to be tired a lot. They're going to wake up tired. And when that starts happening, their hormones start spinning out of control. And then their emotional balance starts to go down. Mm. And this thing can really snowball on people. And uh, I've seen it a lot in women especially. You know, they're trying to take care of the kids and trying to shuffle a profession. And they're shoving a bagel in their mouth. And they're going, going, going. They don't even sit down to eat. They're eating all the time. Mm. They're stressed. And then there's other stressors that they've got going on. And then they'll go to the gym and exercise like crazy, which is just another stress as far as the body goes. And they don't realize it. They're thinking they're they're doing the things to help them. but. It's and that's just creating a, a big problem. Interesting comment on our society right now yeah. where 
there's an emphasis on you should multitask, you can, should get lots of stuff done, you should get mm. by on little amounts of sleep mm -hmm. because who needs sleep? And it's mm. like all of these things that are really completely contrary to what we should be doing, Right. which is, hey, it's okay to slow down, take time for things, take mm -hmm. time to eat, Yeah. take time to sleep. Yes. The podcast you are listening to was brought to you by wellnessplus.tv a subscription service empowering you with everything you need to take control of your health and happiness. Sign up for your free trial today to watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to our extensive library, including hundreds of follow-along yoga and fitness courses, massage therapy tutorials, weight loss information, guided meditations, educational health videos, and so much more. Feel better, look better, and live better today by visiting wellnessplus.tv. Take time to rest. You know, when and, we eat, you know. we should always um, slow down because eating is, in, in your nervous system, we break it down into two big main categories, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. The sympathetic is what gets you, wakes you up. It's uh, what gets you going in the morning. It's what it's called the fight or flight. Mm -hmm. You know, it gets you ready to run and, and go do and handle stress. The parasympathetic is the one that puts you to sleep. And it's responsible for, for proper digestion. It's the relaxation response. It's the healing response. And, and so many people's parasympathetic nervous system has been just beat up. Mm -hmm. And what happens is... They, they don't heal the way they should. They just can't recuperate the way they should because that part of their nervous system, which is kind of like the brake as opposed to mm -hmm. the gas, it just doesn't work very well anymore. Uh, they may be, they need good, healthy minerals to make that part of their nervous system work properly. And they're usually not getting the, enough of those mm. because our food supplies are so devoid of minerals now due to, right. due to industrial farming practices, which is a whole another topic. Uh, uh, back to the eating thing. When when you're eating, you want to get yourself into a parasympathetic mode. Mm. That's very important. How many times do you, you're on the freeway and you look over and some guy's got a ham and cheese <laughs> sandwich stuffed in his mouth while he's on the phone and he's driving? Oh, no. You know, this is like not, not a good thing. When you're in a sympathetic mode, you're not going to be secreting hydrochloric acid to break down the food properly. And you're going to get bloating and gas and, and then your food won't be absorbed properly and you won't get the nutritional value out of it. Wow. So people can literally be obese and be malnourished at the same time. Very interesting. So one simple thing, if you don't want to change your diet, it's too much, whatever, just one simple thing that you find somewhere to relax yeah. and eat a meal. Yeah. And, and this is something that I've talked about a lot in my nutrition videos and like trying to be more mindful while you're eating. Um, but I never had that little piece of it that yeah. actually just down to the chemistry of digestion, your body's not secreting the things it needs to digest in order to handle that meal. And even if they are eating healthy foods, because this is another big group of people, they're trying to eat healthy, they're trying to do right, they're trying to do good. 
maybe they're eating that healthy meal while they're on the go and they're stressed out and their body's just not even able to actually absorb and take in all the right. nutrients they're of in that the, meal. They're in the wrong they mode. Need. They need to be in a parasympathetic mode. And, you know, I had a realization a, a while back that I believe that's why prayer was such a great idea before you ate your meal mm. because it put you into a parasympathetic mode. So whether you're religious or not, it would be good just to be still for a second and maybe just be grateful that yeah. you have a meal, right? Just yeah. stop thinking long enough to just be quiet for a second. Be grateful that you have a meal. Now you're shifting into a parasympathetic mode. You're going to get so much more out of your meal. <laughs> you're going to be so much healthier. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. And I'd imagine that you... You know, just for myself, thinking about the times that I've been that person driving and eating or sure. rushing somewhere and eating or, yeah. eat, you know, whatever, um, versus the times where I'm like able to sit down, set the table, yeah. have a nice meal. I just, I feel so much more satisfied right. after that meal. Right. And it'll last me longer, too. Right. Like, it feels like I can almost observe that those meals that I eat while I'm on the go and I'm only like half paying attention to eating because I'm doing something else, mm. I'll get hungrier sooner. And so yeah. there's like this really interesting inter interplay between that one simple factor, relax, yeah. focus on your meal. Yeah, and you know, they, they do that in it. Europe a lot more than they do here, right. from what I understand. You know, meal might last three hours. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're going to laugh and they're going to visit and they're relaxed. And the meal heck, could have all these different courses and they may have a little wine with their meal and they're just, they're not in a big hurry. Right. And we're not geared that way at all. Right. Or the siesta. Another, and the siesta. You know, great exactly. example of them being Perfect. like, hey, here's Relax. where you relax and slow down a little bit. Yeah. Um, and we just really don't have that very much in no. in our culture. No, we don't. Um, it's always faster, 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 and, get more you know, done. You may have to eat. You only only get 30 minutes for lunch. Right. You know, so. Yeah. And even that is probably going to be cut down a little bit because you've got to get to where you're right, going. Right, exactly. you got to get back and you got to clean up. You, gotta, you may only have 15 minutes mm -hmm. to wolf your food down. You and know? then even those 15 minutes, you're stressed because you're like, oh, oh you're thinking about what you, what have you got to do when right. you get back? It's a very exactly. interesting thing. I definitely think that just stress in general is such a, it's such a huge topic. It's something that every single one of us experiences. Mm. Um, so I love that. Little simple tips like that, like, even if you don't want to change what you're eating, mm -hmm. we understand that is a hard thing to do in itself. But this one simple change, yeah, getting that parasympathetic nervous system first. That's right. And, you know, meditation, I believe, is a great, another great adjunct to helping you heal up your nervous system. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of just worrying and worrying all the time and thinking all the time, uh, you know, to be able to just to sit down and relax and not have to do anything for a while can be mm -hmm. very healing towards our uh, our nervous system. The benefits that have been espoused for meditation over the last many, many, many years, but now they're doing a lot more research on it and showing how, hey, it's really improving the way our brain functions and the mm -hmm. way our our body functions and, and, uh, and those kinds of things. So, you know, you can... You don't have to put it in a spiritual context unless you just want to. Just being sitting down and being still and being quiet uh, would be very helpful. And for anybody who's interested in that, it might be good to get uh, some help along those lines because so many times people try to meditate and what they equate with meditation is a blank mind. 
And that's really not what meditation is. And it's probably not going to happen anyway. Mm -hmm. So they think they're a failure at it and they can't do it. So I'm telling you that meditation is not uh, about being uh, a blank mind. Uh, if I had to give an analogy and, and this, I didn't make this up. I, um, uh, I was reading a book the other day and I really liked the analogy of it. When you're looking at an ocean, it could have a lot of ripples on the top. It could even be a storm going on up there. But as you consciously sink down deeper and deeper and deeper into the ocean, you're, you can experience that stillness that's there mm. while you're still up on the top on the surface. It still can be very tumultuous. Mm. So, um, for those of you who are really stressed, it may be, may be helpful to look into that. Yeah. get some help. And there's plenty of resources out there. Find the one that just works good for you. Yeah. You know, actually last week I had um, a Buddhist nun on mm. the program. Oh, wonderful. And she had a, a, a whole talk on meditation and oh, how to wonderful. know if you're doing it right. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you know, she had her a little analogy as well. Yeah. Um, which actually was uh, imagining that you're like on a pier uh -huh. and they've got the little telescope and you can look out at different things. And so at the beginning, it's maybe uh, focused on a piece of chewing gum on the sidewalk, which is like our mind. We're focused on all kinds of weird, random things. Mm -hmm. And so it's um, seeking, finding, holding, and remaining. So it's like you lift up that, uh, that telescope and you're looking around, you get distracted by all these things, and then you finally find the lighthouse or whatever it is that you're wanting to focus your attention on. Um, so you've, you're seeking, then you find it, and then holding it is bringing it into focus. So being like very con you know, conscious and aware of whatever your object of meditation is. Um, the breath mm -hmm. is you know, kind of like the one that Everybody's got the that. Analogy. Yeah, <laughs> right. hey, it's, 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 we've all got it, it's very free. available. Um, and then remaining, which is mm -hmm. like, you know, as you're sitting there holding that telescope and maybe it's heavy and it's a little bit difficult, it takes practice. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, maybe like things come in, they distract you, you get distracted mm -hmm. by some birds or whatever, mm -hmm. but then you keep, you bring it back. Then you're seeking, finding, and bring it back to the lighthouse. And I yeah. really like that analogy. Um, I think whatever, myself. whatever you do, uh, with meditation, you should just make it, it should be effortless. Mm. A lot of effort and struggle. Uh, if it's you're efforting and you're struggling, you're not meditating. <laughs> That's what meditating is, is, is it's relaxation. It's, and it should be effortless. Mm -hmm. So, um, the more you struggle and the more you put effort into it, the less you are meditating. So, I would keep that in mind too. It's it's very effortless. You're just being. You, it's actually you're just sitting there, letting whatever is going to happen happen, and mm -hmm. you can be kind of focused if you bring your mind back to your breath and everything. But you, it's effortless to do that. It's effortless. Shouldn't be any struggle. If you're struggling, you're not meditating. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you know, as as you know, we're coming to a close here. Just this you know concept of taking the time to relax. Mm -hmm. um, and I love how this, you know, conversation on chiropractic has kind of become a, a much larger conversation. Yes. Um, I've learned so much just, just sitting here chatting with you about it. And um, 
You know, it's so funny. After having filmed with you for really several years now, mm -hmm. many videos, I'm still learning from you. And thank I'm just you. so grateful that you've come to share all of this with us on the program. Well, thank you so much. Do you have any closing thoughts for people who are maybe scared of seeing a chiropractor? Or they're well, scared of the loud crack or the loud pop? <laughs> um, I try to, in my patients, I try to start associating that noise with healing. They've associated with Chuck Norris, you know, breaking <laughs> somebody's neck. It's it, That's not going to happen. Uh, I say, look, when you hear that sound, think that, you know, hey, I'm getting better and I'm starting to heal. Mm. And and uh, uh, sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. Some people just can't get over it. But it's very gentle. It's very easy. It's very relaxed. I've been practicing for over 30 years. I've never had anything You've you know, never accidentally bad. broken anything. No, neck. never had anything bad happen to anybody. <laughs> it's, it's so rare. As a matter of fact, if you 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 look at what a, a chiropractor's malpractice insurance is, it's so ridiculously low compared mm. to a medical doctor. And 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 the insurance companies don't make mistakes right. about that. You know, right. the it's so safe that the chances of actually hurting someone are very very slim. You know, that would be that, and it's reflected in our in our rates of our malpractice insurance are just, there's hardly no way that you're going to hurt somebody. Wow. So, uh, and the other thing I would say about it is before we go is that if you've tried chiropractic first and it, at one point and it didn't work, that doesn't mean that chiropractic doesn't work. It may meant that the particular practitioner you went wasn't for whatever reason able to help you. Mm. I literally had a guy come to me once who says, I've been to six different chiropractors and I haven't gotten the results I wanted yet. And I was so impressed with that because this guy wanted to get well. And even though he had had six uh, not complete successes, mm -hmm. he was still in my office. And fortunately, we were able, we were able to help him. Oh, and he got the results he wanted. Now, it could have gone the other way. I could have not been able to help somebody. And they went down the street and they immediately got the results they needed. And that doesn't mean that I'm a bad chiropractor or those six chiropractors that he went to were bad either. It just means that they that particular uh, matchup didn't work. Anybody can write a prescription and hand you the drug. It's the same drug. Right. But when you're actually putting your hands on someone and you're interacting with someone and you're intimate with in their healing process, you've got to find a doctor that you're comfortable with. So I would, you know, just like we've all seen a bad movie, doesn't mean we never went to a movie again. <laughs> you know, keep keep going, keep trying it until you yeah. find somebody you really like. And when you do, it can be life-changing. Wow. Well, Dr. Eccles, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. And My I just pleasure. can't wait to have you back on the program again soon. Well, I'll be just give me a call. I'll be glad to come. Wonderful. <laughs> Thanks. I want to thank all of you so much for tuning in to the Wellness Plus podcast. You can find the full one-hour interview video version over on wellnessplus.tv. And if you'd like to learn more about Dr. Eccles, you can visit him at jeffeccles.com. Yeah. And... I want to thank all of you so much for watching, so much for being here. I do hope you'll come back and join us again soon. The Wellness Plus Podcast. Copyright 2018. Target Public Media, LLC. All rights reserved.